0: Good. So, um, good to see lots of people in church. Good to see lots of new faces. And we're still continuing our um, messages on Jesus's. This book, if you've not got it yet, you can get it from Amazon and join us in our studies and series that we're doing. So, this is going to be a short mini-sermon. mini I've got eight minutes, I'm told. Um, Five. (laughs) Good. That's pressure. (laughs) Right. Okay. So, today is... um, Carrying on from where Peter left off today, we're talking about Jesus is grace. Everybody say grace. Grace. Jesus is grace. Grace is the unmerited favor of God. God giving to those what they don't deserve. God giving us what we don't deserve. And that is the grace of God. And the story I'm going to share for you today is from Luke chapter 15. And in Luke chapter 15, there is a story. There are three stories that Jesus um, shares to the crowd uh, which is made up of uh, bible tells us that tax collectors Luke chapter 15 verse 1 to 2 says tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach this made the pharisees and the teachers of the relig- religious law complain everybody say complain. Complain. complain complain and that he was associating himself with such sinful people even eating with them. That is the crowd. That is where we stand from. That's where Jesus began to share the story. And when he heard the complaint of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, he began to teach them three stories or share three stories with them. The first story he says is the parable of the lost sheep. He said, one lost man, he said uh, there was a shepherd who had 99 flock and then out of, he had 100 and one of them got missing in the wilderness. So that this shepherd leaves the 99 behind, safe in the fold, and goes after the one in the wilderness. Jesus says that this shepherd goes after the one because he puts value in the one. And that person, that one sheep that he finds in the wilderness because he's worried that this one sheep going astray will be killed. Bible says that he recovers the sheep and what happens when he comes back, he celebrates. Today we are enjoyed in the celebration in worship together. That's what Nigel was saying. When we come together, we need to celebrate. The Bible says in verse 7, In the same way, there is more joy in heaven, even when one lost sinner who repents and returns to God over the 99 others, who are righteous and haven't strayed away. So sometimes we think of ourselves to be in the 99, but Jesus also has value in the one that he has to go out and bring back into the fold. The second story is a parable of the lost coin. And they say, the Bible says that Jesus said there was a woman who had 10 silver coins, 10 silver coins, and she loses one. He could have said to herself, look, I've got enough. I've got nine left. There's still a value. But the Bible says that she switches off the lamp, turns the whole house upside down, sweeps the whole house until she found the one silver coin. The one has value to the woman. That's the same way the one has value to the father. And he says that she calls all her friends, And they begin to celebrate. Everybody say celebrate. Celebrate. That is what we are doing today. We are celebrating today as a people of God. In the same way, there is joy in the presence of God, God's angels, even when one sinner repents. So when bad people turn their lives around, those of us who think we are good people also need to celebrate. That is what is echoed in heaven. But Jesus tells a third story. Then the third story, he spends much more time. You know, the other two, he spends about a few paragraphs. If you look in, in the Bible in Luke chapter chapter 15. But he spends an elaborate long time in the third story. Is a parable of the lost son. Sonship is by birth. Sonship is by birth, not by what you're worth. The young, there are three characters in this story. Is the young son... The father and the older brother let's listen to the young son he comes to his daddy he said daddy look I've I think I deserve to have my portion of your inheritance give me everything that I owe or I deserve prematurely because in those days you're not meant to give your inheritance when the father is still alive basically he's telling the daddy that you are dead I want my inheritance. I want it out now. We know the story. We call the story the prodigal son. He takes his, his, his inheritance. He wanders off to a faraway country. And he goes to enjoy himself. He celebrates with his friends. He enjoys himself in, in so many scrupulous places that we can mention. He, he, was, he just squanders everything. He squanders everything. And the Bible says that. He hits rock bottom. He hits rock bottom to the extent that even the sight of the pig's meal in the stall made him salivate. He was so hungry that he wanted to come back to his father. And he said, what am I doing? Why have I done this? Even my father's servants do not deserve this. When he was looking, walking in the, in the pig stall, So he began to write his um, repentance speech. He sits down and plans what he's going to tell daddy. And he takes some time and he said, you know what? I'm going to go back to my dad. I'm going to tell him, daddy, I'm sorry. Accept me as one of your servants. And he turns himself around. The second character in that story is the father. The father. The one who graciously, the one who graciously gave his inheritance to the sons. And he said to the, the younger son, you can take it. That was grace. The one who says every day he was expecting his young son to come back. He wakes up every day and goes out to watch. He knows he's going to come back because he knows his son. He's a son. As I said, sonship is by birth. And he knows as far as he's gone away, he's going to come back. And the neighbors were watching him. What are you doing? What are you looking for? The guy is dead. He just squandered your inheritance. What are you doing? He said, "I know my son. He will come back one day." He kept on doing it every day, every day. Bible says that one day when he got there, he saw his son coming, and he saw his son coming far away. And what he did is, like, looked out. Wow, that's my son coming. That's my son coming. And he ran that way. He ran that way to give him an embrace. that's my son coming. Why did he do that? You are not supposed to run in those days. That's defiled the culture. Fathers are not supposed to run. They are not supposed to run. He breaks every barrier because of grace. He He breaks every barrier because of the grace of God. He said, I'm going to run. Everyone said, what is daddy running? He runs after his son because he puts value in his lost son. He embraces you. Grace, grace breaks every barrier. Every culture norms, he breaks it. That's what grace does to you. And even when his son, he embraces him. He starts his his repentance speech. Daddy, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for what I've done. And he interrupts him there. He said, no, 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 no. You, I know he was going to say that. Take me as one of yourself. And he said, no, 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 no. Calls the servant and he said, look, put a sandals on his feet. Give him a new ring to put on change his clothes, and we're going to have a party. We are going to celebrate. That's what grace does. Grace celebrates. Grace embraces. Grace breaks barriers. Grace welcomes. Grace makes room for new things to happen. And that's what the Father said to him. Look. And what happened is he had a big celebration. He said, bring the fattened cow. Those of you who have grown up in Africa, you know what a fattened cow means. In fact, some places it's chicken. You have to keep the chicken for Christmas (laughs) because that's when you can have the chicken. You have the fattened cow for Christmas. But this time it was celebration time. Bring the fattened cow. We are going to have a party because my son who is lost is found. My son who is dead is now found. That is what grace does. Grace embraces, grace chases after you, grace looks out for you, grace is there for you. And what happens? The old son, the third character, he hears it. What is this celebration going on? Your little brother is back. My little brother, he gets upset, he begins to complain. He complains about his little brother coming. Why? Daddy, I ask you for the young goats, for me to do some carry goats with my friends. You said, no. This guy comes, he squanders everything, and you give him the fattened cow. Daddy said, no, 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 son. You've got it wrong. Everything I have is yours. Everything I have is yours. Your brother was dead. He's now alive. He was lost. He's now alive look when you walk into your church what you were expecting was a a, a nice auditorium with a with a stage here standing up there it's all chaotic because grace accommodates grace makes changes for things to happen for us to celebrate that is the power of grace the son turns up and he said i'm not used to he said yes that is my grace that is my grace That is my grace. We are sons and daughters of God by birth and not by worth. That is why Jesus says, you must be born again. You must be born again. It's by birth. Grace resurrects. Grace accommodates. Grace embraces. John chapter 1 verse 14 says that, And the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. And we have seen his glory Glory as the only Father from the Father, the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. For, for from Him, for, from His fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus. The tax collectors, the notorious people, the sinners were all gathered around Jesus because of grace. Jesus is grace. Jesus breaks and defiles all things expected. All the cultural norms, all the barriers are broken because of grace. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And if you can't take credit of this, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 to 9. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast of it. That is grace. Are you willing to embrace grace? Because Jesus is grace. Why don't you go in your groups and think about this question. How have you experienced the grace of God in your own life? What has God done? To what extent has God done to reach you? And how is easy is it for you to complain When you see bad people don't get what you think they deserve. Jesus is grace.